Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 84 of the Seize Us Show. Back again, and hopefully this week is going to be another great episode, so I'm excited to get into today's hottest topics. But before that, I just would like for all of you to take a moment to, you know, Subscribe to the season show on all platforms if you haven't done so already, and also my personal account, Sir Seasons, as well, too. And before we get into today's hottest topics, I just want to rehash on episode 83. So on episode 83 of the season show, it was myself, Sir Seasons, and Trey Day, XXIV, and we both discussed Kyrie, Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard's stance on essentially sitting out. Um, you know, for the upcoming restart of the NBA season, much, much more content. But before we get into today's hottest topics, I would just like to introduce one of my homies, Mike Checks. We're about to get into some good topics today, so I'm extremely excited. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. And we're back, this time with the special guest, my boy, back from VCU days. We even won a three-on-three championship together. Make some noise for Mike Checks. What it do, what it do, what it do. It's been, How a, you it's doing? been a minute, man. I know, I know, I know, man. How you doing? How you holding up? Uh, what's new? How, how are you surviving during these hard times? Well, you know, man, I've been holding up the best way I can. You know what I'm saying? Trying to hit my push-ups, work out every day. Still ain't get that haircut in. But, um, <laughs> yeah, man, we just doing what we got to do on this side, trying to work on my craft and, you know, waiting on hoops to start. Definitely waiting on hoops to start as well, too. Um, I was just telling the audience, uh, the previous episode with Trey and myself, we were uh, on episode 83, we were talking about, you know, Kyrie, Dwight, Avery Bradley, among a few people who, you know, wanted to be a little radical and uh, essentially sit out. And, you know, basically they were saying that, you know, with the power that we have nowadays, um, it would be a It'll be a bigger. It'll, it'll be a bigger statement to sit out. That way, we can utilize this time to take you know money out of the pockets. And um, you know, with the fact of everyone looking at sports to heal, it will kind of distract everyone from the movement that's going on right now. So um, we had a little back and forth, but um, at the end of the day, we were just for it or open to the idea. If it happens, it happens. I support it. If not, you know, maybe players can utilize their platform since they're going to be nationally televised on a daily basis with the A regular season games and uh, with the playoffs going on. So maybe they'll do something or come to some form of agreement um, to, you know, get that ball rolling. So um, that, that's, that's, that, that was pretty exciting, man. But uh, yeah, aside from that, you ready to get into, get into today's hottest topics, man. And you know, I've been waiting. First off, just shout out to you, man. I know that um we got together early. I think it was like first 10 episodes was the first time I ever got on the show. Um, and you've come a long way, man. So off rip, shout out to you, the Caesar show. It's it's major, man. So I'm it's just a pleasure to join and let's get into it, man. Let's do it. All right, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Just trying to get better each episode, week by week, day by day. So appreciate that. Cool. All right. So the first thing I want to talk about is, you know, kind of just, you know, going off of last episode with, you know, Kyrie and like I said, Avery Bradley and Dwight leading the charge on players essentially sitting out for, you know, a bigger issue with everything that's been going on with police brutality um, in the current landscape of the United States as well, too. And one thing that I proposed was that I wanted 
you know, players who had, uh, you know, high position of power. So like a LeBron James, like a CP3, them to basically, if the league were to restart, to use their platform to help spread awareness of what's going on. So one of my one of my proposals in my head was, you know, you know, we have deals with ESPN, we have deals with ABC, we have deals with TNT. So maybe if there's, you know, a game that goes on, maybe the next day we can invite people who are pretty well versed with politics and they can talk and they can, you know, have panel discussions on why voting is important to eliminate voter suppression and just get people more educated on what's at hand as well too. I thought that would be a good alternative if we um, still were to still were to resume the season. Um, and it's kind of crazy how things unfolded because earlier this week, LeBron James and a group of athletes and entertainers, which included Kevin Hart, Trey Young, Skylar Diggins, Jalen Rose, Draymond Green, Udonis Haslam, even the NFL running back Alvin Kamara, um, they all basically started a movement called um, more than a vote. So basically, they're aiming to protect African Americans' voting rights and they're combating voter suppression, which was, like I said, sparked by the racial injustices that have been going on in this landscape. Um, obviously, the domino effect was George Floyd um, as well, too. So, you know, to me, um, I think it's going to inspire African Americans to register to vote and cast a ballot in November, Operation Get Trump the Fuck Out of Office. Um, but, you know, with athletes, you know, growing popularity in the NBA and the NBA being predominantly black, I think it's only right to utilize their platforms, especially LeBron James, who is, you know, for our generation, the, the, the chosen one. You know, there was people like Muhammad Ali and... Um, uh, other sports athletes, you know, that took chant that took stances back in the day during the Vietnam War, during um, you know the Civil Rights Movement as well too. So it's good to see that it's sort of a you know passing the torch as well too. So I'm excited for that. So you know, I did some research and in 2016, just about 136 million people voted in the presidential election with Trump versus Hillary Clinton. And LeBron James, if you look at the analytics with Facebook, with Twitter, with Instagram, his reach is damn near 136 million people. So he has that much power. Um, so one of the quotes that he relayed was, yes, we want to go out and vote, but we're also going to give you the tutorial. We're going to give you the background of how to vote um, and what they're trying to do on the other side to stop you from voting. Um, and then uh, I thought that was pretty interesting as well, too, because when we looked at the numbers as well, in the 2016 um, presidential election, there was a drop off of voters, primarily black um, male young voters as well, too. So if you if you run the numbers, if African-Americans go to the voting poll and actually vote, then our voices will be heard and we will make a difference as well, too. So I just love um, how LeBron James is shedding light. Um, as well, too, you know, he's already known for what he does on the court, but I think he's going to be more glorified um, and go into the GOAT discussion because of what he does outside of the court. Like, we already know about him um, with the school that he started up in Akron, Ohio, helping out underprivileged kids from low-income households to get them towards, um, you know, a better life, you know what I'm saying? They, they didn't come from privilege, so he's starting with them from a young age and, you know, hopefully getting them into college as well, too, so he did that. Um, and then he also, uh, you know, started The Uninterrupted, his own media production, HBO The Shop. So he just keeps growing. And I, and I love what he's doing right there as well, too. 
So with this organization, More Than a Vote, he's actually going to be teaming up with the voter rights, which would be including when we all vote and fair right and will be advised by a guy named Adam Mendelssohn. Watch out for that name, Adam Mendelssohn, which is a former political strategist as well, too. But I'm excited, man. Um, like I said, like I, I feel like when Obama was in office, we were just he gave us something to, you know, to believe in, you know what I'm saying? And then I guess, you know, when the tides are turning, we know he was getting out of office. Like I said, a lot of people didn't care. I mean, I still voted, but I just feel like a lot of people were like, well, I feel like Hillary is a Democrat and she's better than Trump. But at the same time, her policies don't kind of coincide with what I believe in. So at the end of the day, my vote doesn't matter when the fact that I feel like it's a it's a civic duty. It's 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 just something that's very important that we need to touch on as well, too. So, um, like I said, to trade the last episode, you know, we can we can voice our opinions. We can promote as much as possible. We can, um, you know, go to we can go to what's that word I'm looking for? I'm going blank here. We can um, we can protest and whatnot, but. That can only get you but so far. The real power lies, you know, with voting, not even at the presidential election uh, from your state, from your district um, and, so, and so forth. So I feel like a lot of African-Americans and even just Americans in general don't realize how important that is. And yeah, if we can get to them at an early age, maybe this can be um, a trend moving forward as well, too. And even, you know, with Trey Young, he was like, I'm only 21 years old. I kind of want to be a voice of reason for my generation too. So maybe, you know, if I can use my platform to spread awareness, maybe another 20 year old or 18 year old who looks up to me will be like, hey, I'm gonna vote too. So um, I'm excited for that. Any 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 comments on, um, you know, what LeBron James and the gang are doing? Um. Well, yeah, man, just first of all, salute to LeBron, just for being like the face of the league. A lot, a lot of times, man, it's easy to, you know, not that, you know, we shouldn't be doing it. Obviously we should, we should be raising awareness, but it's easy to send a tweet. It's easy to donate a lump sum of money, but um, just, it seems like LeBron is trying to create real change, you know, with um, everything that he's doing. You already went down the list of stuff, not to mention the latest thing with the voting. Um, I think it's huge, man. And just him being the face and just getting all the other guys. You said a guy like Trey Young, younger than us, man, 21 years old but he's creating real change. It's kind of like showing you that no matter what, how old you are, no matter, you know, your level of education, even um, you can really create a change. You just have to kind of, you know, do your research and really want to be that change to, you know, affect our nation. And right now, man, we're, it's radical. You know, we're at the point where, you know, we're tired as black people, we're tired, man, and all the systematic bullshit, speaking my language, that's been going on. <laughs> no, no, you're good, you're good. <laughs> you know, we ready to change it up. So, you know, I, I think it's a beautiful thing that's going on right now. Um, like you said, with getting out and actually voting, one thing I was scared about at first was when uh, Biden actually went on the Breakfast Club. <laughs> and I forgot what he said, but he messed up big time, man. He said something about if you're not black, if you don't vote for Biden or something like that. And it had everybody outraged. It's just unfortunate that right now, man, the bar is here with it, man. If it's not, yeah. if it's if it's Trump, we have to vote for the other candidate straight yeah, up. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. just what it is. So <laughs> I just want people to be cognizant of that. Keep that in mind. And 
know that man your vote makes a difference man so let's 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 keep going i love it yeah for sure for sure i agree with you as well too you know what i'm saying you gotta pick yeah like i said earlier is operation get trump out so um once we do that and i think we can start to actually you know make change so only time will tell and hopefully um you know this initiative definitely you know spreads the most awareness as possible and people actually get to um you know the voting poll on uh in november so i'm excited for that so salute to lebron james man um so aside from that getting back into the nba um you know like i like we said a little earlier actually before we even get into all that um uh, i just want to shed some light on vince sanity vince carter um he just announced not too long ago that he's going to be retiring and uh, it's crazy, man. We literally saw a man who's played in basically every era, uh, 90s, early 2000s, 2010s, and just a glimpse of the 2020 as well, too. But uh, when I first think of him, I think of, you know, everyone says, you know, I want to be like Mike and, and you know, Jordan can fly and whatnot. I thought Vince Carter was one of those, you know, guys who – could you know just defy gravity and uh you know he had a hell of a career as well too and uh yeah i just want to shed light because i think he played what 20 years or 22 years maybe 98 to 2020 god damn (laughs) that's crazy context we were three years old i think you were four I yeah. was three entered the league, so yeah, man, it's crazy. Um, career average seventeen four and three. Um, you know, two time All NBA, eight time All Star. Um, you know, All Rookie nineteen ninety eight ninety nine season. Um, you know, even if even though he didn't get a ring or anything like that, that shouldn't define if he gets in the Hall of Fame or not. I think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame in a couple of years. But anything you want to add to to Vince Carter or whatnot? Man, half man, half amazing. <laughs> the greatest in dunk in dunker of all time, man. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because um I just remember me personally when he dunked on Alonzo when he was on the Nets. That yeah. gotta be one of my favorite dunks of all time, man. Like nobody dunks on Alonzo really. And he went into his body, took the bump, and really put it on his head. So I would say with Vince, man, he had a a, a wonderful career. I would say like obviously his Toronto days were his most memorable days, the early him and T-Mac and then, you know, early 2000s, he's battling AI in the playoffs. Like I definitely think that Vince was, you know, one of a kind. I do wish a little bit of me wishes that um, he was able to kind of reach and sustain that superstardom for a little while longer. It seems like the first 10 years of his career were like, his glory days, and then he became like a, a high-level role player, like on those Dallas teams. I Orlando. think he was on that Magic team with Dwight. Um, later on, you know, he ended up, you know, Atlanta obviously retired, but mm-hmm. basically, you know, Vince never reached like that Kobe level, that even that T-Mac level as pure as pure ability. Mm-hmm. But as far as showmanship, watchability, excitement. I mean, Durability. That's man. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So uh, he definitely has um, a stamp in the history books. And, uh, you know, we'll see what his next chapter holds. You know, a lot of players get into media, 
um, start their own production company or whatnot. So uh, we'll, we'll see what he what's he get it what he get in, what he gets into because um, you know I saw a couple of his interviews and the most recent interview I saw was on All the Smoke a couple of weeks ago and uh, I enjoy hearing him speak. You know, very wise dude. So it was always good to um, you know pick someone's brain. So. Yeah, props to props to VC man, half man, half amazing. I appreciate that. Appreciate cool. So, you, NBA season is about to kick back off on July thirtieth. That's what that's that's going to be the restart. It's going to be twenty two teams, um, nineteen in the East, and I believe thirteen in the West. Um, they're going to play eight regular season games, and then um, right after that, they're going to go straight into the playoffs. So, based on your win percentage, that's going to be what their seedings are going to be. Um, at as well too so it's gonna be pretty interesting but uh it's just a little crazy because there was some incoming news so um before I even get into everything I want to first talk about you know players having the option to basically not join the restart of NBA season so a couple players that come to mind and we can talk about them individually because they're they have three differing reasons of why they're opting out um, so the first person is Trevor Reza. So obviously Trevor Reza is a swingman that um, was on the Sacramento Kings and he got traded to the Portland Trailblazers to try to um, strengthen up their depth and, you know, make a run in the playoffs as well, too. He will not be joining the Portland Trailblazers. Instead, he's going to be committing to a one-month visitation window with his young son um, because him and his uh, – his baby moms have been involved in the custody case um, over his 12-year-old son. So um, the one month, uh, like I said, the one month window is actually coincides with the restart of the season. So um, and his head is like family over everything as well, too. So they say he's going to, I think, lose anywhere between one to one point eight million, which is a lot to us. But it's a, it's a little to him. I mean, he has, I think, a guaranteed 10 to 12 million dollar contract. But uh uh, what are your thoughts on on that situation? Uh, I don't blame Trevor, to be honest with you. I mean, right now it's tough, man. You know, there's the risk of not only getting the virus. Um, I think a big thing is just being in the bubble, not being able to see your family. And, you know, everything that goes into that. I, got, I like Trevor Ariza. Portland is on the outskirts. Um, I want to say... They're in the ninth seed, but they're four games out. There's yeah. an eight-game play-in, and it's going to be up in the air if Portland will even make it. So just for a guy like Trevor to go out there at his advanced age, I want to say he's probably 34, 35 at this point. He probably mm-hmm. has a good two, three years of, you know, being a very solid role player. I think that he kind of wants to wait, come into next season, refreshed, healthy, and, um, you know, ready to make his impact and just not ready to risk everything that comes with the COVID season. Yeah, yeah, like I, like I said, at the end of the day, um, it's bigger than basketball. So, like you said, health first and, more importantly, time with the son as well, too. We don't realize until we get older how much effect um, not having or having someone um, of a father figure or, you know, a mother figure, just a parent figure in general can affect you growing up. So, um, I would probably have, I would have done the same thing. No, probably. So I understand that. Like you said, they're in the ninth seed battling for it. So is it really worth it to be there for the max three months? Nah. To play the Lakers first round? Like, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. Um, the other person that's going to be sitting out is my ex Spurs player, David Bertans. 
Um, so basically, Bertans is going to be sitting out as a preventative measure. Um, he's an unrestricted free agent. He's 27 years old right now, and he had two previous ACL injuries. Um, so this year, this season with the Wizards, um, he had a pretty good damn good season. I actually saw him got to play live uh, when I went to the Wizards and Clippers game, and I think he damn near almost went for 30, just spraying. It, like, it, was, <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, damn, you ain't do that much over here in San Antonio. Like, I saw the little I – I saw glimpses of what you could become, but damn, he, he was looking really good out there. I was like, yo, Wizards need to hold on to something when John Wall come back. But this season, he averaged 16 points. Um, shot 42% from three, and in my opinion, he was one of the best six men um, this this whole entire season, to be honest. So I think he's going to be losing up to 520K as well, too. So with this one, it's more so of him sitting out because in his head he thinks it's not worth it, and he's like, yo, if I just came off with two injuries and kind of like we said with Trevor Reza and I'm in a ninth seed, what am I actually doing when I'm about to become an unrestricted free agent and I know I'm going to get paid regardless? I know in this day and age, a 3 and D or a stretch four is what's really needed now that, you know, everything is played from the outside in. So why not sit out? Um, so that's that's pretty interesting. What do you guys say about that? Listen, the Wizards are five games out of the AFC. <laughs> <laughs> They're not winning a damn thing. John Wall said he's 100, 110% healthy. I've seen a man doing windmills and all kind of crazy dunks, and he said he's not coming back. So, obviously, you know, the Wizards are gearing towards next season. David Bertans has a chance to make upwards of 30 to $50 million probably on his next contract. I mean, he he's one of the greatest shooters I've ever seen, and I hate to, like – <laughs> always use that greatest word but sicko. man i tell you what if he's wide open that man is money at 610 there's a job for him in the league so you know i think the wizards already like made him you know that little i wink promise that they're gonna throw him the bread next year so it doesn't really matter if he plays this year or not with those two injuries i'm at the crib with it man yeah i'm at the <laughs> crib yeah, for real, for real. And it's crazy because uh, Orlando player Evan Fournier uh, wanted to chime in and subtweeted him basically and said, seriously, though, if you think it's okay to sit and watch your teammates play while you re-perfectly, while, while you re-perfectly, re-perfectly healthy, it says a lot about you. So he seemed a little salty as well, too. Um, I'm like, dude, you live in Orlando. <laughs> Stop geeking. <laughs> and you know right now Florida has the highest number of confirmed cases for people being tested positive for coronavirus. So obviously basketball is their life and whatnot. And to some people it may get them wrong, wrong may may rub them the wrong way, but at the same time, you gotta look out of what's best for you financially, health wise and, and for your family too. So I think he just should have, you know, you know, try to reach out to him and say something instead of, you know, taking the cowboy out and using his Twitter fingers um, as well, too. So that was that was a little whack. Yeah. That was a little whack, man. And uh, that like a personal attack. He didn't say nothing about everybody else that's not playing. Did he just mm-hmm. kind of uh-huh. times? Yeah. Right, that might be a little personal beef going on. We got to watch that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We got to watch. We definitely got to watch that when the season come back. I just want Bertans to spray that. 
But yeah, um, you know, it's pretty interesting. One of my cousins, um, Austin Freeman, he's from PG County as well, too. And obviously with Kevin Durant. Georgetown. Yeah, Georgetown guy. He actually has him and um, his backcourt mate back in college. And I think um, when they played, uh, I forgot what AU team they played for, Chris Chris Wright. Uh, he went to Georgetown as well, too. They actually started up their podcast as well, too. And one of their first, one of their first few uh first few guests was actually KD. Um, I actually watched the episode the other day and it was just an IG live and KD was just talking about um a lot of things as well too. But one of the questions that they asked him was, you know, how you feel about everything that's going on and would you play? And essentially KD was just like he wouldn't have played. He kinda really wouldn't want to go into the unknown, knowing the situation, given that he's one of the top bill athletes. It's a new case. It's a little. It's a little unpredictable. Um, but he was like, he's still nursing, trying to nurse his injury back, so he wouldn't even come regardless. And if he was healthy, it would be a conversation that he would have with um, his guys and um, look at the pros and cons and kind of figure it out from there. But he said no. But he he saw from both sides of the spectrum. Um, so he saw why people want to go. He saw why people want to say as well too. But he personally said he wouldn't as well too, which leads me into Avery Bradley. Um, he was one of the other few people who decided to remain with his family um, and the well-being of his oldest son. So one of the main reasons was his six-year-old son Liam um, is basically has a he has a history of struggling to recover from respiratory illnesses, and it's unlikely that he would have been medically cleared to enter um, the Orlando bubble with his family as well too. Because I think once you get to the second round of playoffs, that's when you can um, have your family allowed into that bubble as well too. And I think they would also be tested on a daily basis as well, too. But he had a statement said, as committed to my Lakers teammates in the organization as I am, I ultimately play basketball for my family. And so at this time, so at a time like this, I can't imagine making any decision that might put my family's health and wealth being at even the slightest risk. As I promised, also, I will use this time away to focus on the formation of the project to help straighten my community. So uh, with him, he's going to lose about 650K. Um, as well too, and uh, when I when I turn it over to you, we, we we're, we're going to get into Jr. after this because I'm sure you're going to probably try to tie that into it. But let's just focus on Avery Bradley as well too. Um, I I I see where he's coming from as well too. Um, if my son had that had that problem as well too, I would basically I would I would definitely weigh my options as well too. But at the same time. I feel like if he I feel like he couldn't go back even if his son didn't have that problem because him and Kyrie and Dwight kind of already came out saying that they not going to play so that kind of makes you look like a sellout in my eyes if you decide to play as well too. Um but what are your thoughts on his whole situation? Well, it's a little tougher on Bradley's situation, I would say. Um mm. he's playing for the number 1 team in the West, right? Where the other guys they're on those teams that on that bubble, they may make it, they may not make it, probably not. But for Bradley, you know, obviously family comes first. He's already mentioned, not only did you say about his son, he's fighting for, you know, reform and everything like that. So it's a tough loss. It's a tough loss for the Lakers. I respect his decision as a man, Um, you know, Obviously, I'm sure he knows what's at stake. He hasn't won a title yet. You know, being the type of high-quality role player he is, a title will boost his legacy a lot, too. Getting a chip with LeBron, he's deciding to sit down. Um, you know, so 
In my opinion, man, I mean, I, I respect his decision as a man. He's already come out and explained exactly why. I can't be mad at him, but as obviously, you know, a fan, um, it hurts. Um, Avery Bradley is one of the best two-way defenders in the league. Um, You know, he only averages eight or nine points, but as you can see in big games, he shows up. Versus the Clippers, he had that amazing outburst. I know Clippers fans will say it won't happen again, but I think he got a couple more up his sleeve. Um, we've seen what he's capable of doing in Boston with that playoff experience. Um, he's honestly one of the best point guard defenders in our league. Um, if you watch what he does to like guys like Curry, guys like Westbrook, guys like Dame, he gives them a hard time. Um, so it's going to be a huge loss for the Lakers, especially at a position you know, that they need uh, a two-way defender at the guard position. Yeah, I was thinking with Avery Bradley, um, he's the type of player that can help or hurt. Um, this might be a real big blow to you guys. Like you said, he's one of – I mean, he only averaged eight points, but he does everything else that really doesn't, store, that, that really doesn't show up on the, on the box score as well too. So he was the primary defender for guards – um, and you know, in the West is very guard driven as well too. So I was like, "Damn!" Like, put aside Jr. Who we're about to talk about after this segment when we're when we're done with Avery Bradley. Like, who are you going to lean on to pick up a guy from full court? You know, what I'm saying to disrupt someone's momentum. Like, who is going to be that guy? And then, like I say, he's a three and D type of player as well too. That's just going to be pretty interesting as well too. I, I know LeBron a little sick right now. He's like, "Damn." I'm losing him. Um, I know Dwight hasn't came out and said anything yet. I might be losing another big. Boogie's not even signed with us anymore, so we're it's, it's looking a little it's looking a little spooky out here as well too. And I was thinking about that game you were saying when he had 27 points. I think he hit like six threes. That's come on, man. You know that's not happening again. Anyways, besides the point, I think if the Lakers were gonna go up against the Clippers, fully healthy and whatnot. I think Beverly was going to get reduced minutes because he couldn't do anything against Avery Bradley. Like, it was actually sick. Like, so now if you don't have him there, that's more freedom for him. That's more freedom for Lou Williams. That's more freedom for Reggie Jackson. So you guys may have a problem with not only the two wing players in Kawhi and PG, but also the the young hungry guards, like I said, um, even Shamit. And then, like I said, Lou Williams, Reggie Jackson, and uh, Patrick Beverly. So, that mixed with, I feel like, not having a, a true um, home a home, a home home crowd with no fans being there, it's going to be interesting if they meet up in the Western Conference Finals, in which we think they're going to meet up as well, too. So uh, I, I feel bad. I feel bad for you guys right now. But, I mean, if you, once you, if you have two of the top five players in the league, then you should be pretty good <laughs> as well, too. But... From a defensive standpoint, that's definitely going to be um, a loss for you guys. It's definitely going to be a loss. Everything you said is correct. I mean, off rip, a lot of people, including yourself, had the Clippers as the best team in the West. You know, I'm a LeBron guy, and I like yeah. the fact that we have two of the top five, six years players in the league with LeBron and AD. So five, I think five. <laughs> Okay, we'll go five. You yes, know what I'm come on, you already know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cap. So, you just say that because you want LeBron away MVP. <laughs> Y'all just get that. <laughs> hey, <look>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, now, all seriousness, man, 
it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Like, they're really going to have to go into their depth. I would say um, you look at a guy like KCP, probably just filling that stardom void. Who had a pretty like good season Caruso. this year? Caruso. A really good season. Yeah. Caruso is a hustle guy that, you know, it's not as great as the media makes him out to be. <laughs> I don't know where the Caruso hype came from, but he is it's a white guy with bounce. I don't bounce. want him to get overlooked as well. He's solid. But man, mm. let me tell you something. Ball Hardy Waiters. Look out for my man, Waiters Island. Dion Waiters. A lot of people. I forgot about him, honestly. Said, I forgot. I forgot he was on your roster. You're not he just, alone. Yeah. A lot of people have overlooked Dion. Um, for you know, for good reason. He over here getting high on the plane, eating gummies. <laughs> He's had uh, out of shape issues in Miami. He had that bad ankle injury that kept him out almost two years. Right when he was but hitting his prime, you know what I'm saying? That sucks. His time in Miami, if people remember, he was a 16 to 18 PPG scorer. Um, offensively, he could get to the basket. He shot the three ball well his in-between game was good and he has some really good moments versus the clippers blocking lou will shot hitting a couple shots that ended up winning them the game while he was a member of the heat and that was just this past year before um obviously you know he got uh cut and everything and ended up on the lakers so i've seen dion i follow him on social medias he's lost about 15 pounds he looks Damn. like he's working every day with Drew Hanlon. Um, and I think he's going to play a large role. Um, you know, he's just that type of microwave mm -hmm. score a la a Lou Williams, Reggie Jackson type mode. So he's mm -hmm. our version of that. And I think that if he's able to at least, you know, replicate what those dudes are doing on the Clippers, mm -hmm. I think that that'll be a huge thing for the Lakers. And not to mention playoff Rondo, don't sleep. That's facts. That's facts. That's that's when everything's on the line as well, too. So I, I playoff Rondo is a different animal um, as well, too. We saw his last stint, uh, you know, well, two stints I enjoyed when they swept the Blazers. Him and him and Drew Holiday was just strapping CJ. Dang, bro. They look like little boys amongst men. So that shit was crazy. And then also, if you didn't get hurt, the, my, uh, the Chicago Bulls would have beat the Celtics and upset them that year as well, too. Yeah, bro. Yeah. That that was that was crazy. So playoff Rondo, he got a lot of rest. That's, that's another thing as well, too. You guys are a lot older, more mature. And uh, I feel like this rest, this time off is definitely going to do wonders, especially with LeBron going into year 18 and 17 and a half, I guess, because we got a little hold on the season as well, too. So it's going to be interesting as well. Um, which brings me to your number one prospect since Avery Bradley is out of the picture. J.R. Smith, Mr. Swish, Mr. Henny, whatever you want to call him. Um, he's a top prospect for the Lakers. Career average, 12 and a half points, three rebounds, two assists, 38% um, from three for a career average. Um, uh, you know, he, you know, he already went to a couple different finals with, with LeBron James as well, too, and was one of the, uh, you know, vital pieces in, you know, winning that 2016 chip as well, too. So, um, in the 2018-19 season, he only played 11 games. And in the 2019-20 season, he sat out basically the entire year as well, too. So um, a lot of people, biggest issue with him is 
you haven't been in the league for a while. What do you still have left in the tank? Are you going to be a good piece um, as well, too? Because I'm not concerned about any of his actions as far as him being, um, you know, a bad apple in the locker room. He's already proven that he's a great person on and off the court as well, too. So you being a Lakers fan, um, LeBron fan, or whatever you want to call it, um, how do you feel J.R. Smith mixes – um, with the Lakers, do you see him getting a lot of minutes? And uh, you know, yeah, what do you just what do you expect from him? Man, straight up, this is a completely low risk, high reward situation. The Lakers have depth at that position. Despite losing Avery Bradley, you still got a Danny Green, a KCP, Dion, a Crusoe, everybody we mentioned at that guard spot. Yeah. To throw Jr. in the squad, all you're really doing is adding a battle tested playoff veteran mm. who has a relationship with LeBron James as much as you know we hate uh you know not I wouldn't say hate JR but as much as you know we like to make fun of JR and talk about you know his character issues or whatever it might be he's a lights out shooter especially when he gets hot he's one of those guys that can hit eight threes in a row or miss eight threes in a row <laughs> so you know eight to ten minutes in a playoff game where you you give him three, four shots. If he hits a couple threes, it's only a plus to you. I think it's a great move for the Lakers. Um, you know, just his relationship with LeBron alone. You know, I, obviously after he's gotten over the <laughs> the timeout issue and him forgetting the clock. Um, you know, I think Jr. would be a good piece. He's a battle-tested veteran. He's a better defender than a lot of people give him credit for. And yeah. I think um, I think he can help the team. You know. I think he how can many, help how, the team. How many minutes do you see him playing? Like I said, not many minutes. It's one of those things where, like, if he's hot early, he may play 15 to 20 minutes that game. But kind of really just I depends expect on him to have a lot game. of DMPs, honestly. And then, you know, he'll probably end up averaging around 10 to 12 minutes for his playoff run. You know, just I can, I can get see in that. there, get some shots up, play some D, take up some fouls, and just kind of – you know, match up with all the depth the Clippers have, you know. They throw another sure. guard in there that's not scared of the moment. Only thing, I only think there's only two things I'm really concerned about um, with him. Um, obviously, his age. So, we haven't seen him play in a while. Um, so, I want to see how good he still is laterally um, playing defense. And, and his. I want to see what his stamina is looking like as well, too. Obviously, they're going to have about a two-week um, time span to get ready and then eight games to get ready for um, the playoffs. But, you know, with LeBron, obviously they do have that prior chemistry. LeBron likes the whole season to get everything in order. So it's going to be interesting to see if he do get those minutes, how is he going to mesh on the court and how fast is he going to learn um, the plays and, and, and the system as well too, you know? Listen, man, I like to think of dudes like JR is just hoopers, man. Yeah. All he JR is a shooter. So obviously it's gonna take some time to get his NBA rhythm. But fortunately for him, everybody's coming back at a time where they've taken a lot of time off. It's, That's true. It's been months since the season has started. So you're kind of getting back into the rhythm with everyone else. You know, I'm sure during that eight game stretch that the Lakers are gonna play, you're gonna wanna keep LeBron's number like uh Minutes limited. They already have a pretty sizable lead over the Clippers for that one seed. You're going to want guys like Kyle Kuzma, now JR, Dion, to really get their confidence up. Because those are like the 
the guys that could really get hot for you in a given game. So I think JR will be just fine. I think for him, with his age, those two years actually excites him. Um, you know, mind you, he's been in the league for like 14, 15 years now. He came out of high school. Mm. So, you know, just to have, you know, that rest on his legs and now to come back with everybody at the same time, I think it'll actually work in his favor. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, I don't remember when the deadline is, but hopefully by the deadline, they do have him um, on the team. That'll be nice to see him back in the league, just how Melo was, Melo took a little hiatus, came back. We saw what he, we saw he still has a lot left in the tank as well, too. So um, it's going to be pretty interesting uh, to see what happens moving forward. So. Another thing I want to talk about is uh, Adrian Wojnarowski has reported that 16 NBA players have tested positive for the coronavirus of 302 players tested. So not too bad. Um, and like most people think is, you know, you just quarantine or isolate for two weeks and the virus is essentially out of your system as well, too. But some players that happen to be tested for the coronavirus were players including Malcolm Brogdon, um, Javari Parker, Alex Lynn, uh, Jokic, and Buddy Hewitt as well, too. I don't know the other remaining players as well. So um, I do know training camp, I think, starts in about two weeks, two and a half weeks. So that's going to be something that we're going to have to monitor. But do you think this could be a problem moving forward? I mean, obviously, in theory, they're going to be in a bubble and isolated. So um, no one can really leave the bubble. If you do, you can get fined or anything like that. I think the only people that can leave are the employees itself, which I'm a little skeptical about if the employees are going in and out. We don't really know their itinerary when they go out. They could be chilling with a lot of people, going to bars, just doing wild, reckless stuff and could potentially get someone exposed as well, too. But I trust the NBA to um, keep their players safe um, for however long they stay in that bubble as well, too. But do you think um, it's going to be a problem moving forward as well, too? And then also it's like... The, they're getting tested every day and they have that ring tracker as well too. I'm a little nervous. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, what if, and I was telling the Trey about this, like, what if LeBron and Lakers meet up with the Clippers and, you know, LeBron or AD or Kuzma or like Lou Williams, one of them get tested positive for coronavirus. You mean to tell me they got to isolate for 14 days and they just can't play anymore? Does that taint things as well too? Like, what are your thoughts on all that? Man, that's going to be a tough situation to handle. I mean, we haven't ever seen this before, bro. <laughs> so whatever it is, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough to kind of navigate and just to see, you know, how each team is going to go about, you know, their quarantine and their, you know, precautions. But um, overall, I just think um, we kind of just have to roll the ball out and see. I mean, everybody, I would hope, is going to, you know, follow the safety procedures of the bubble. I hope that they won't be, you know, going out too much. I mean, it's, it's three, it's, what is it? Two months, a strong so, two months. Of so if you get to the finals, you're at least going to play, I think it's in mid October. Into mid October. So that's a, that's a decent amount of time, but who, who wants it, man? Like, you know, we're here to win a chip. We're here to show, you know, that, you know, the season that you, fought to even if you're the Rockets, the Nuggets, the Jazz, like you fought all season to, you know, get your seed and, you know, to have a chance to compete for a championship. There's a lot at stake. So if your priority is still trying to go out and I know we're all human. We all want to, you know, have a good time while we're over there. But 
I need everybody to go into that LeBron zero dark 30 mode and, you know, cop a couple books for the hotel room and <laughs> just try to stay safe, man. Cause this thing is out here. People are still getting it, as you said. And, um, you know, when it's time to play, I just hope everybody's on the same page and we can keep the uh, virus at a minimum from spreading. For sure. For sure. And then before we end things as well, too, I uh, never really got to ask you who uh, who's your dark horse in the East and then who's your dark horse in the West? Whoo! So my dark horse in the East really shouldn't be much of a dark horse. This team is almost undefeated at home. They've only lost two games. They have a terrible record on the road, and it's due to, (laughs) I think, lack of focus, inexperience, and just a bunch of knuckleheads at times. Philadelphia 76ers, man. I'm telling you now, Joel Embiid is, to me, the best center in the league. Um, you got Ben Simmons. You first of all, Philly started in lineup alone. You got Ben Simmons, a 6'10 point guard. You have Josh Richardson, you have Tobias, you have Horford, and you have Embiid. A knock on Philly has been their bench. Since the season has started, they've got Shake Milton organically Tough. grow uh that's grown with the group. Really good player. Look out for him. As well as guys like Alec Burks. Uh, Glenn Robinson, you got Tibble, Paul Pokemon, Tibble, who's a great defender. Great. So defender. I think Philly is one of those teams that I think they're a six seed, but they have the potential to scare anybody just because now, you know, Embiid is fully healthy. Ben Simmons is fully healthy. Ben Simmons been working out. We're going to see if he's going to shoot the ball. I don't know, <laughs> but <Nah. laughs> he's one of the best defenders in the league. So I think that Philly defensively and then, just having that firepower um, offensively with just their depth. I think they're my dark horse. Um, but the East is going to be tough, man. You got Miami. You got Toronto. Boston. Any one of those teams I can see coming out. My favorite is still Milwaukee because I think Greek is on a mission. I think, um, you know, he's arguably the MVP of our league. Somebody else might have something to say about it. But um, (laughs) I think if anybody can just, you know, come from, you know, around the block and you're just not expecting them, Philly is my team in the East. And then the West, I would say. Yeah, who's your dark horse? And then go into um, who you got coming out. Who I got coming out. Well, well, first talk about your dark horse and then who you got coming out. For the West, I'm going to Rockets. Straight up. Um, It's open gym. It's open gym. They don't have a center. (laughs) You get it and you go. I mean, you got (laughs) Harden, you got Russ. For them, especially, if you're able to win a chip, you know, you're talking about top 20 all-time players now. Like, they've literally done everything you could ask for as individual players in a regular season. Both of their knocks has been their inability to produce in the playoffs. Especially Harden, we like we ask if he's tired during the playoffs. You look at the San Antonio run when he had less points than DeJounte Murray when Kawhi didn't play. <laughs> and you look at, you know, the past time when they said they're gonna run it back, KD went down and you still lose to Golden State. <laughs> so I think he has a lot to prove. I mean, you know, he's one of the greatest offensive players of, of all time. And Russ is a triple double machine. 
three years in a row. I think that for them, they have the talent. Maybe they don't have the bigs, but it's a different style of ball. And if they could get hot from Trey, you don't want to play them in the playoffs. So they're my other dark horse. And then who you got coming out the West? Um, Coming out of the West, man, you already know what type of time it is, man. Number 23, <laughs> King James. You already know what time it is, man. I think they're going to go seven games, all of seven with the Clippers. It's going to be a tough series. It's going to be a tough matchup. But I have them seeing Milwaukee in the finals, and I think they get Milwaukee in six. I think they get, and I think LeBron is a finals MVP, but I think AD is right there as far as his dominance and his impact of the game. And I think the Lakers take it home, man. I think the Lakers take it home. It's only right for Kobe Bean. Kobe Bean, man. Hold it down for the boy. Um, It's just a special year. Like you said, Kobe passed um, the greatest LA player of all time in my estimation. Um, so just to have the opportunity to play for him with the crisis going on, COVID, you know, if LeBron's able to take a chip home this year, three different franchises now, he's probably gonna be the all-time leading scorer in the history of the league. He's gonna be top five in assists. You start asking these questions, man. You start asking these questions. So that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it makes him the GOAT, but it makes it damn close, man. And I think it just adds to his legacy at year 17, being able to produce the way he has, um, leading the league in assists. I mean, yeah. it's, it's remarkable what I'm seeing, man, but I got the Lakers going all the way. Let me ask you the same questions. Uh, your East, West contenders, dark horses, and who you got coming out? Yeah, so I said this last week with Trey as well, too, but um... – for the East, we we both had the 76ers as well, too. I just felt like um, the fact that they don't have to worry about a home crowd, the fact that Joel Embiid's had the most rest since he's been playing again, and Ben Simmons a little banged up as well, too. Um, I think with those two superstars, they can really make some damage. Um, as far as the West, my dark horse was um, CP3 and OKC. <clears throat> I thought they'd been playing pretty well all year as well, too, and um, you know, I think Chris Paul is one of the best leaders, and with that squad that they have now and Shy emerging, um, I think Shy they can tough. definitely at least win the first round and give you know the the Clippers or the Lakers a, a scare and go you know potentially six games because CP's a dog to me. Who's coming out of the East? Uh, I mean, I was torn, man. I know Giannis is one of the best players, and I think he's going to be the MVP just because of him up in his level of play from last year to this season. And for me, I feel like since LeBron James has another superstar with him who's a top five player, um, and Giannis is still able to have the best record as well too. And in my opinion, aside from Ben Simmons, aside from AD, um, he could arguably be the defensive player of the year as well too. That's why I give him MVP. But I feel like going to playoffs is going to be pretty tricky because – Normally, role players don't play well on the road. There's not going to be no home crowd, so it's going to have that open gym type of vibe. So we'll see how their role players step up. We'll see how Chris Middleton steps up. I mean, he's one of the only players this year who's a 50-40-90 club as well, too. Another all-star caliber season. So um, that's the thing I'm worried about. So, I mean, right now, it's it's I have I have the Bucks definitely being the Eastern Conference Finals. Now who they're going to meet. 
it's either going to be the Toronto Raptors or it's going to be the Boston Celtics with Jason Tatum and those boys, um, you know, hooping the way they were before everything went down. And when you add Kemba to the piece, and like I said, Tatum has gotten better, Brown has gotten better. Um, and then also you got, uh, what's his name, uh, Marcus Smart, who's proven to be an impactful player down the stretch as well, too. And Gordon Hayward, you know, finally getting back into form. You got five to six legit scores as well, too. The only thing I'm concerned about is their, is their, is their size, for real, for real. Um, but I'm never going to count the Raptors. They even have a better record than – so based on the amount of games that they have right now, they have, they have more wins than they had last year with, with Kawhi and Danny Green. Um, and I think Nick Nurse is one of the best coaches in the NBA, in my opinion, behind um, like Doc Rivers and behind Coach Pop as well, too. Obviously, Coach Pop don't have the depth that he is norm- normally used to have as well, too. But I think you can't count them out. Kyle Lowry has proven that, you know, he got the monkey off his back. Obviously, he was a third option now. He's coming into that second option now this year. I think they can make some noise as well, too. But like I said, it's so hard with no home court advantage truly. Um, so if I had to pick someone to come out of the East, I'm probably gonna go with I'm probably gonna go with the Bucks, um, just because it's Giannis year, to be honest. And the only reason why Giannis didn't get to the finals last year was because of Kawhi guarding him as well, too. So they were up 2-0, then they lost four straight. So we'll see. Um, and then in the West. Conference finals, battle of LA, Lakers versus Clippers. It's truly no home court now. So we're going to see, yo, all the money on the table. Let's see who's going to go at it, who's going to step up. So obviously LeBron is known to, you know, step it up and, uh, you know, go zero dark 30 mode as well, too. And Kawhi's proven, too, that, you know, he don't want to be. He, he didn't want to join him, you know. He wants to create his own narrative, and he wants to go at him, and he feels like he has his, his Scotty with him as well, too, with PG. And I think PG has something to prove as well. I think they're, I think they're a little bit more hungry, and I think they're, they've been in sync um, based on the conversation that I've heard with Doc Rivers and Lou Williams and whatnot. They've been communicating on a daily basis, working out. Their, their owner, Steve Boner, Balmer, actually all purchased them like their own in-home gym. So... I think they I think they know what's at hand as well too. And I think, you know, as much as I love LeBron James, I think he's, you know, one of the best players. But I think Kawhi, um, I think Kawhi has something to say about that. So I got them going seven games and I got the Clippers winning and I got the Clippers going up against the Bucks and the Clippers winning in seven against the Bucks. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm not mad at it. I tell you what, man. If Kawhi is able to get past Everybody that's in the West, now we're talking Dallas, Houston, whoever it may be, beat the Lakers, which I don't think will happen. But if he's able to do that, get to the finals and beat Giannis, I mean, there's not much to say. I think he catapulted. Because that will be three different franchises, too. Right. Three different franchises. It's between him and Braun who will do it first. And that will be his third different franchise. So that's, that's impressive in itself. And... I think it'll catapult him to like a top 10-ish player all time. And it's a little weird because if you look at like historically the top 10 players all time, all their careers have a kind of a different trajectory than Kawhi. Him starting off with Pop, kind of having to work into, you know, a high-end role player and slowly work his way up to a superstar rather than just, you know, being that guy from the jump. It's almost, you know, it's, it's admirable. So... If he's able to win, salute to Kawhi. He's a dog. 
probably one of the greatest wing defenders of all time, not to mention, you know, his accolades that he'll have. He, he, he got it. He's now the best player in the world if he wins a chip. I just will hesitate to say it because I'm a LeBron guy. I think he's yeah. still the best especially since uh, Kawhi didn't have KD and Clay to play in the finals. But if <laughs> Kawhi wins, he got it. That's the claw. He got it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, any any last closing remarks you want to um, say before I end the episode? Man, I'm just ready for the season to start. Um, I'm waiting on to see guys like James Harden, Russell Westbrook, LeBron, Kawhi, AD, a lot of these dudes have a lot to prove, and it's go time. That's all I'll say, man. It's go time. But, you know, shout out to UC. Thank you for having me on the show, man. Um, It's always love whenever we link up. So I appreciate you, big bro. For sure, for sure, for sure. I appreciate that as well, too. Like you said, um, now that we know the season's, you know, coming to – Coming into fruition, uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting as well too. So like you said, I'm excited to see those players, um, you know, with the people that are staying home, um, you know, stay safe, um, you know, and players like Avery Bradley, you know, definitely hold your, hold up your end of the bargain and really try to um, seek ways to you know try to make change, facilitate change as well too. And uh, everyone just get more knowledgeable, treat others the way you want to be treated, and uh, go out and vote. So at the end of the day. Ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 84 of the Caesar Show. Make sure to subscribe on all forms of social media at the Caesar Show at Sir Caesars. We out.